This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 76. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts... Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I'm joined once again by my co-host Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, what is going on with you? I got a cockatiel. You you That's did? The first yeah, thing you that came told to mind me right now. That's the my whole life right now is playing with a little chicken. That's awesome. He's yeah, I saw, I saw a picture of him on Facebook. Yeah, I was tempted to have him come and hang out with me while we did the podcast, but he likes to eat all the cords on my desk or nibble on them. I figured <laughs> that wouldn't be great for audio, so I had to put well, the little chicken we'll, in his cage. We'll make a play date with uh, my cat. <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> Only if my dogs can also play with your cat. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, she may not like that. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the show about colored pencil, and this is the podcast where we help you grow by telling you what you need to know. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? We are talking about setting up your email list and whether or not you even need one. Whether or not you need one. Do you think do you think that artists don't need one? There was a time when I didn't see the reason for me to have one, honestly. It was going to cost me money. I did not have a lot of that by any means. That was a big, you know, concern for me. And I, you know, kind of thought, well, you've got social media. I've got Facebook. I've got my blog and my website. I have all these other things that they keep on, on with. And then I started thinking of it in another sense and realizing, hmm, this may not be the way I want to look at that. Right. And this is an interesting show that we're going to do today because Lisa and I actually set up our email list uh, at the same time. And so it was kind of interesting. We got to share stories just a little bit. So, all right, let's dig in here. So what are some reasons then that we should have an email list? What are some pros to having an email list? My big concern, and I always look at this when I think of things with social media, we remember MySpace, which doesn't exist anymore. So you spend all this time working on building your social media following, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and then you have that platform changes something. With Facebook, they just keep filtering our content more and more and more. So less people are even seeing what we post anyway. Not to mention it could do like MySpace did and just fall off the face of the earth. Although I think MySpace is still trying to make a comeback and it's hilarious because it's not happening. Yeah. So the other thing about it is you may, you may be thinking, well, you know, I can just use my Gmail or my Yahoo account, my personal account and email people out, but you really can't do that. And I'll tell you why. A couple of reasons. First of all, that mail server is not set up for a commercial type of account. And secondly, you have to, according to the CAN-SPAM laws, it's the FTC passed in 2000, you have to have a way for people to unsubscribe from your list. And so you have to treat it like an enterprise level email uh, software. And you may be wondering why that's important and why they would have passed that uh, such a law. And I can actually tell you a story. Uh, I'll try to keep it short because I tend to be long-winded when I tell stories. See, look, I'm already long-winded and I haven't even started yet. So I have a guy who was the husband of one of my old students from like 10 years ago. And he added me to his email list, which I was fine with at the time. I didn't ask for it, but I was like, yeah, whatever. And he's a nice guy. And he sends stuff like videos of cats and random, really big on any type of conspiracy theory type thing, where it just absolutely 
absolute ridiculous stuff. I mean, I like conspiracy theory things, but he just goes like above and beyond this. <laughs> There's no way to unsubscribe. And anytime I try to message him, he won't respond. Like I've sent messages asking questions and such, and he never, never responds to me. So I reported him as spam. Trying to, I, It's just like, I need these mess- emails to stop. He's sending several a day. So I set them up as spam. He contacted me. Hey, why'd you report this as spam? Which was crazy how he knew I was the one who reported. Because if you use like AWeber, they don't let you know who reported you as spam. Right. So anyway, um, he was like, is there a problem? Do you want to be unsubscribed? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not really, you know, this isn't my thing, whatever. And he didn't remove me. And I continued getting these messages nonstop. He never responded wow. back to me when I asked him to. And so he did, didn't he, have an unsubscribe? No, the there's no its, unsubscribe. No. Oh, and so wow. now it's just awkward. So here's a person who I actually used to genuinely like who's irritating the heck out of me. Just, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I don't care about the cat video eight times a day. Along with the conspiracy theories thrown in between. So it w- it got really bizarre and I couldn't get out of it. And so now I'm bitter towards this person who I used to like, but he's just getting on my nerves. So it, it's not a good business move. I mean, if you're trying to make this as a business and somebody decides they just aren't interested in your emails anymore and they can't easily unsubscribe to you, you're going to make them very angry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's that's for sure, and you have to have a way of managing all of this. It's a, it's a big list. It has a potential to grow even larger uh, than when you first start out. Okay, a couple other things to keep in mind of reasons why this is a good move is to go ahead and start your email list is because these are, these are people who are genuinely interested in what you have to say. If they actually signed up for uh, your emails, then that tells you that they do want to stay in touch with you. They want to continue that conversation. And there's one thing that will happen for sure. If somebody comes to your website and you don't capture their email address, then we know one thing is certain. When they come to your website, they're going to leave your website. And if they leave, they may never come back. And it's not even that they didn't like your work. It's that they're going to forget No, they'll who you forget. Are. They'll browse, forget. Yeah. I mean, think of how many websites you go to looking at artists. How many of them do you actually remember the name of if you didn't sign up for their email list? Yeah. And so this gives you another point of contact to say, hey, don't forget about me. You know, in, in so many words, you're not going to say it like that, obviously. But Hopefully anyway. It's, Right. But it's just another way of you just remaining friends with this person, remaining in touch with this person and letting them know what you're up to. Because, um, you know, you cannot rely, as Lisa alluded to a moment ago, you cannot rely on social media as your only point of contact. And you really can't even rely on only your website because, like we said, they may never come back to that. They may forget that they ever found that content or whatever it was or found your art over there on your website. And so having that email is another way of just staying in touch and making it more conversational where they know they can hit reply and continue the conversation uh, with you. And think about what's going to happen if one of these sites goes down. If your account gets banned for any number of reasons, somebody decides to spam report you for something, they didn't like you, Um, it happens on YouTube, I've seen it happen on different things, you could break a rule on Facebook, not know about it, and have someone turn you in for that and lose your page. So if you've got 50,000 people following you, or I mean, you even have 200 people following you, that's still a lot. You've got people following you and you have no way to contact them now because that account got banned for some reason that was either out of your control or you didn't know you were making a mistake. It could be anything. Your own email list is the one thing that is going to be yours. Right. And there's one other thing about an email list that I think is a huge benefit, and that is this is a private 
personal conversation that you're allowing to happen and your recipient, the person who's interested in your work, is allowing to happen as well. And what do I mean by that? Well, do you let anybody browse through your email? Probably not, because it's very personal. It's very private. Your email inbox is, it's a treasured place. It is for me. You know, I only allow people in there who are allowed to be in there, who I trust. And if I start getting spammed by somebody, of course, I'm going to unsubscribe from their list. And so that's another thing to keep in mind, though, But you that you want to treat it respectfully. But someone is inviting you in. It's like inviting you into their living room in their home, in a sense. And so... It's kind of a a good spot to be in. And a lot of good things can happen if you're allowed to email someone in your audience. There are a lot of providers that you could go with when we start talking about which one might be better than another. I mean, there's a lot of um, upsides and downsides to going with different providers, and you can do your own research on that. But I will tell you that there are two really popular ones to use, and they're very, very user-friendly, and that is MailChimp and AWeber. Now, there's a, there's a new kit on the block as well, and that's ConvertKit, and I highly recommend ConvertKit. Um, that's the one that, that I'm using. But I'll talk more about that in a little while. I'm not going to list all of these, but there's some bigger ones in this space, and that is Infusionsoft, Entreport. Uh, those are C- CRMs. Those are uh, customer relationship manager softwares, and those start at about $100 a month. And so they're way outside of the limit of what you would want to start with. Because if you started with AWeb or AWeber, what is it, Lisa? Is it about 20 bucks a month or yeah, something like that? Yeah, I believe like it's about 20 and then you, start you out? pay a bit more depending on yeah, how many people on how you have works. signed up, I mean, which is the case with most of these. It, it's right. Most of them aren't going to give you a flat rate. But MailChimp is free whenever you start out, and it's a good one to start with, and it's pretty simple to use. The problem with MailChimp, though, and this is something that I had a problem with when I, or I originally, that was the first one I actually signed up with, but I didn't actually publish it. Uh, the problem that I was having is that they did not have the automatic response. So when someone signed up for the email list, I couldn't automatically have a free gift sent to them, which was kind of that that made yeah. it not poten- that wasn't going to work for me because that's how you're going to get most people to sign up. And we'll talk more about the free gifts yeah. later. But that's your main way that you'll get people to sign up to your list. And so make sure whichever service that you go with and MailChimp does have a way to do that on their paid plans. Yeah, but they, they didn't on the free that. ones. No, that's right. On the free ones, they don't. And you can pay and and use that service. And I don't know what the price is. It might be 10 bucks a, a month or whatever until yeah. you get to a certain amount of subscribers. Yeah, they get a little confusing. I will say that when yeah, I was looking to sign up for these, I it, everything felt so far over my head because I had no idea how many people were going to sign up on my list. Was it going to be 20? Was it going to be 4,000? Didn't have a clue. So it was hard for me to know looking at these prices, which was the best way to go. And from what I was reading too, it's not the easiest process in the world to move your email list from one server to another. It can be done, but it's a little bit of a pain. So I kind of wanted to start with something I planned on staying with. And it, it definitely, at the time, I felt a little out of my league trying to figure out which one to go with because of their pricing plans. And you'll look at MailChimp and they'll say they start off cheaper, but they end up more expensive later on than AWeber Yeah, they can. Yeah, exactly. And I I went with MailChimp when I started out and I did have to move it later on because I didn't want to be charged their high prices. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you can do it with a a CSV file. It's essentially like a, a flat file, or you can uh, translate that into a Excel. For the rest of us, that's going to be a lot more difficult. 
Well, but it, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it wasn't fun. It wasn't something that was like, oh, goody, I get to do this now. But it was, it was fine for the time. To tell you guys, so you can kind of put this into perspective, I am very computer savvy. I built my own website. Yeah. I did all this. What John just talked about, I have no desire to ever have to do. It's that big of a pain in the butt for the rest of us. John is a computer programmer. So to him, this is like everyday work. Well, let, let me tell you a sweet story about this, though. Uh, I switched over to ConvertKit, and they have onboarding. If if you want to go with that, they I talked to them and uh, through uh, email, I think it was or chat. I think it was chat actually, and they said that they could help me out with that importing it. You know, I I did it myself, and it, it wasn't that big a deal. But that that is there, that is there for you, and uh, they would guide, they would hold your hand every step of the way. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, and make sure you go with one that's going to have good customer support. That yes, was something I loved with a. Weber, I contacted them within minutes. They responded. I just sent an email. Like, it was no big deal. I just had a quick question once I was setting mine up. And they were on top of it. I mean, they were thorough. They were helpful. At the time that I signed up, MailChimp had one of the worst reputations for customer service. But I believe, weren't you saying, John, that they've improved? Yeah. The And the reason, and you're right, that they did have a kind of a black eye at that time. And the reason for that is they do not allow, did not allow affiliate marketing within uh, their service. And so if you got on there and you started sharing your affiliate links or anything else or they they thought you're real heavy on on selling then to them they were trying to clean up their platform so i kind of understand it from their point of view they're trying to get rid of spammers is what they were doing and so they just banned all of all of that and um, well they it, were doing that to people who were not spammers then you right right they they got a little sloppy with it is what it sounded like like oh you're trying to sell your paintings spam yeah it's what it sounded like and so a lot of people you know just uh, left them in mm-hmm. drones and fled over to all these other platforms but they're they're regarded as one of the better ones now uh, to get started with and they have a lot of apis where you can uh, use you know like boxes lead boxes and opt-in pages you know they've got a lot of functionality now that is really nice if you're just starting out but you're right aweber uh, they didn't frown on that at all, and they would allow you to to sell. So you got to think about that if you're you know really into wanting to contact your customers and allow them to see what you're working on in order to sell your work. Then you know give that some thought, some consideration. But you still want to do some without being spammy because if you're right, your no definitely fans start reporting you as spam. And I get about two reports out of all of my signups. I'll usually have two or three people every week report me as spam. If that number gets to too high, AWeber's going to look at this and go, hmm, we may need to go ahead and cancel your contract or let's talk about what's going on here because it affects just the way that the email marketing works. It affects yeah. their entire platform when too many of their own members are getting flagged as spam. So, I mean, two or three reporting me, no big deal. But when it, if those numbers get very high, if you're trying to sell everything under the sun um, and get real spammy, that can get you into trouble. So while you can sell on these, you have to make sure that you're doing it. Just, I know this isn't really what we're going into, but I just want to throw that out there. Don't try to turn your email list into a nonstop, let's try to sell everything I can think of, every affiliate, anything I can think of, because that can get you into trouble. Yeah, definitely can. 
That's for sure. And and the other thing about that is nobody wants to read that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to open up my email and all I have is a whole bunch of marketing emails. And you've got to you watch know. that anyway. It's kind of funny. I was recently doing a critique video and I went to the person's website that she had linked and she's using a, I forget which service she's using, but it's a free blog type, type website. And I'm not sure if she put it on there to make money or if it was something that came with the free site. I've never seen such horrible spam on somebody's front page of their website. It was nonstop clothing that you could buy, advertisement for clothing. And I don't know if she did it to try to make money on her site or what, but if I were looking to buy art, I wouldn't even consider something like this because of that spammy nature of, look at these clothing, look at this outfit, look at this. It was very weird, very not to do with that. And so not only in doing something like that, you're super off topic for what your target audience is. You're definitely going to get, you you know, people are going to report that as spam. So watch that. And hers was a website, not an email list. But I could see where someone would think, hey, this is a good idea to make myself some extra money. Let's get some of these extra affiliate links in here, even though they have nothing to do with my art. Just, you know. Be, use common sense on some of this stuff. Now, one of the things that you're going to be required to do whenever you start your email list is provide an address. And Lisa and I, we went and got P.O. boxes. They do allow that. And I would highly recommend that you get a P.O. box um, because there has to be, according to law, there has to be an address, physical address on your um, your email when you send it out. Some of the other benefits to getting these uh, lists on one of these management systems Systems here is that you are able to design uh, an email template. You're also able to uh, set up an autoresponder. You're able to segment your list. And one of the differentiators here between AWeber and MailChimp and that of ConvertKit, if you want to go with ConvertKit, is that AWeber and MailChimp will charge you each time you segment your list. They look at that as they count that again as a, another count, another tick in your in your list. And so if you segment it two ways, they're going to double that number. And that that gets kind of scary because that'll put you in a, you know, that could up your limit to a, a point where you're paying a lot more money. And some of these other ones don't do that. And ConvertKit doesn't do that. And you have the option also in ConvertKit of tagging your customers as well, your, your subscribers. And so you can put them through sequences or autoresponders and tag them certain ways. And when they complete one, you can tag them a different way. And you set all that up through automation. You're not going through there and doing it one off, you know, and, and looking at each individual email, but you're doing it as a block, as a group. Um, And so it's all automatically done for you. And so you know what to send people because of their interests. And if they click on certain things, then you know they're interested in that. You can tag them a certain way, and then you can send them more information based on their activity and their responses. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is very cool. But if that sounds for you guys who are like, what are you talking about? That is so far over my head right now. You don't have to do any of that either. No, you don't. It's an option when you get to that point. So it's great to have a service that can provide that. But I don't personally do any of that. Back when I was teaching, classes in person, I did have a a separate list for my students so I could email them if I wasn't going to be a class or, you know, if I was running late, anything like that. But as far, like you can do just a single list. That's what I do. You can keep it very simple. Don't let what John's talking about overwhelm you into thinking, I'm not ready for this yet. You can hold off on any of that. You don't have to start with the hard stuff, but it's available for you. Yeah. No, good point. But uh, And I'm bringing it up because it's something to think about when your list starts to grow really big. And yeah. I'm thinking real positive for you if because I know you're going to sell a lot of art and you're going to be very successful at this. And so you do want to have some 
uh, more functionality as you grow. And Aweber can do a lot of this as well. Yeah. Uh, MailChimp will start charging you a lot, I think, once you get that big. Yeah, but that's then kind of MailChimp's thing. That, they get you to sign up for free. Yeah. And, oh, you know, because you'll think, I think it's 500 or or 1000 I forget what it is. Yeah. Most people think, wow, I'm never going to get higher than that. You might. You yeah, very a, well will get. There's a very good chance yeah. if you're serious about this and you're learning marketing, and I'm assuming if you guys are listening to us, you are serious about it. So there's a very good chance yeah. you are going to to outgrow right. that, and then these prices start to kind of kill you. Yeah, it's a thousand on Mailchimp unless you start using any of these automation mm-hmm. tools, and then I think it's like five hundred, and then they start charging you uh, different amounts. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what their pricing structure is from there. The way I wish that these companies would have more of a set fee. It definitely for me was that was what got me. That's one of the reasons I kept pushing this off because it was like that's another convert. nice thing about ConvertKit. I'm trying to convert you here, I guess, but <laughs> but uh, it is the pricing uh, structure is so dead simple. The the guy who built this Nathan Barry. I mean, he was he tried all these others, and he tried some of these larger CRMs that are very expensive and are, are meant for uh, just customer um, relationships, and and can do a whole lot more than a mail list. But he he created this with a, a large team, of course. But for that reason, because he wanted that power of all those things, but he wanted the ease of use and uh-huh. to make it simple, and so that you know common people could do it. And that's what he created. It's quite. It's quite phenomenal. I mean, I, I really love it. Yeah, I, I don't see myself leaving Aweber soon. I yeah, love that's a the good template. Platform. I love the template so much. It is so easy to drag and drop and create. It yeah. looks so pretty. It doesn't always line up right for people. I've gotten a few people messaging me saying things were not lined up properly on their mobile device or whatever else. But overall, it looks just so pretty, and I love it. And one of the things, here's another thing to consider, too. Um, I just popped in my head looking through this. Uh, some, not all of them have this, but some, I know Aweber, I'm pretty sure MailChimp has one. A lot of these will have ways that you can incorporate it into your WordPress site to make having that email list super, super easy for people to sign up on. So make sure when you are looking for one, if you're looking at some of these that aren't as well known, that they have that option, an easy, easy way to have that sign up list on your own website. For me, there's a believe it's just a plugin that I use. I don't have to do much at all. I just had to put the plugin into my WordPress site on whichever pages I wanted. And it's so easy for people to sign up now. Yeah. And there's some other services that you could use as well. If you go with something that isn't as well known, ConvertKit um, plugs, it has APIs for all these other platforms as well. And especially for WordPress, but you're right. I mean, you want to look at that, but you could also use Zapier or you could use if this, then that um, different options. If you're not, you know, a programmer and don't want to do this in like SQL or something. I like it when I'm it's assuming all most people aren't. in one place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like well, me, me too. Me too. together and it makes it right. easier. It's one of the reasons I like WooCommerce so much for my sales on my website mm-hmm. because it's just the you install it and it's all in one place and it's so easy and everything for me has to be as easy as possible. All right. So how do we get people on our email? We kind of talked about this for a little bit, uh, mentioned it just a, a briefly, but one of the things you can do is, you know, if you have it in the sidebar and say, sign up for my email list, that's not really such a hot way of announcing that you want somebody's email address. No one's really going to go for that too much. You'll get a few, but I mean, people usually are not, they're usually repelled by that instead of attracted to it. So if you can get an opt-in offer available, and that is have something that you're going to give away and say, 
you know, like Lisa does, I think she, you do a two-hour video, right? Yes. Uh, and so, so Lisa says, you know, if you would like to grab this two-hour video, I'll make this available to you if in exchange for uh, signing up for my email broadcast. And uh, that's a real nice way of doing that. You could also offer to update somebody every time you put out a video or a blog post or you post new artwork for sale or prints for sale, something like that. Give them a reason for signing up other than I'm just going to flood your inbox with my yeah. my uh, newsletter you know that's just not something that is compelling to anybody i usually sign up most the most common free gift i've seen are pdf ebooks and yeah, i've signed yeah, up a quite a few too. email lists because right. of that yeah and it could you know it could be a lot of things you could you could do a lot of things you could even do a coupon if you if you wanted to if you do coupons for i don't know for your your course you're selling or for your art prints or whatever it is. But there, yeah, you can get creative and there's a lot of different things you could do. I don't really recommend having coupons, by the way, or sales for your art because you're not the grocery store. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, some people do do coupons. I know, so. I, I don't, don't either, recommend but it. Some people do that. Um, so if you're Lisa, don't do it. If you like doing <laughs> it, <laughs> then you can do if it. If you want to pretend you're a grocery store or a fast food chain, go for it. I think Dillard's also does coupons. <laughs> yeah. If you get and you get on chain. their email list, <laughs> if you if you uh, take this coupon, you know, then they grab your email. I don't know. It's just a different option out there. And then something else to consider is that you can also create these forms. And I, I think maybe you mentioned that a little earlier, Lisa. But you can you can create a form and embed that in your blog post or somewhere on your site. You can even have it where it will pop up if they scroll to a certain area or just have a little button on your site and they can click on that if, you know, if you have an opt-in offer or something there. It just makes it where it's a little more right there, easier to get to than over in the sidebar. Yeah, That's now watch where you, if you're mind. going to put a pop-up, I personally don't like pop-ups. I don't use them, but we do know statistically they're one of the most effective ways to get people to sign up. Um, I, again, I don't use them. I don't like them when I go to a website. So that's why I don't include them online. But you can have a pop-up that just kind of pops up in the bottom right-hand corner or something like that that's not so intrusive where it's in the middle of the person's screen and they have to unclick it in order to read what they were just reading. Just consider things when you're setting this up, what you like to see on a website, what works for you. And like I said, pop-ups really do work, but you know, statistics show that and the analytics show that, but it can be annoying. And so for me, I'm like, I don't really want to run people off my site just so that I can try to get their email. I'd rather them stay on my website as long as possible. So I don't use pop-ups, but if I were to, if I decided to, I would do one. the one that pops up in the little left-hand corner or bottom right-hand corner, I think are some of the nicest looking ones. Now you may be thinking, well, I don't really have anything to say. I don't have anything I, that I can even say to anybody. Uh, here's something that, that I would recommend then is if you're having that question, what do I send to those that signed up? One of the things you could do, and I highly recommend this, is sign up for other artists' email lists and see what they send out. Don't send out the same thing, yeah. obviously, but this is some reconnaissance and you figure out what they're doing. And, and you know, th that's kind of like benchmark testing and figuring out what is good in the industry. And that'll give you some ideas and it'll spark some of your curiosity, which will lead to some creativity on your 
part and you'll figure out what you could offer. Yeah, it'll also, in many cases, teach you what not to write in your email list. There's a true. very well-known... If you well like known... something, uh-huh. then, you t- yeah. then you'll know what there not to do. There was a very right. well-known artist who runs... or I don't even think he's an artist. He runs an art business where he advises other artists on their business. Yeah, uh, he's and, an artist. Yeah, he wrote out a set of emails. I was signed up for his. I was just interested in the stuff he was doing. He sent out a set of emails that basically said, why aren't you buying my products? If you are not here to buy something, if you've never bought something, then you're wasting my time and blah. I mean, costing me money. Yeah. He said something about costing me money. You and I talked about this. Yeah. And he did, I want to say two, because he followed that email up a couple of times that week where basically, you know, kind of pointing his finger at those of us, if you don't buy something from me, get off my list was almost what he was saying. And I think what he was trying to do was get more sales. But what he actually did was made me leave his, like, yeah. that I don't need to see. There's no chance of me ever buying anything from you Maybe now. Lisa and I unsubscribe. Yeah, probably about the same time. Wow. How many yeah. other people did? If we did, how many people unsubscribe yeah. because of his behavior? So make sure when you're writing these emails out that you're not getting all jumpy. And I've seen artists do, not just him, I've seen a lot of artists who do that. They'll go on, have these little temper tantrums and think that they're going to school people, I guess, on why it's yeah. important to buy from them. And it's like, have some respect for yourself and right. your business. And and your audience. Mm-hmm. Have a lot of respect for your audience. They've entrusted you with their email address. And we, we've got to take that very seriously and treat it with respect. The other thing to think about is on the flip side, you do want to write some compelling subject lines. You don't want to write something that's just so boring. No one's ever going to open it. Don't be an alarmist, though. Oh, I need to work on that myself. I'm so bad at that. I am, too. But I, I'm I, I, I like preaching to everybody else, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but try to be creative and try to think of something that will spark someone's interest. A good headline, just like in a blog post, a good headline will get someone to read the rest of it or to read at least the next line. And that's what you want. You want them to keep reading. Now, setting up an email list may seem overwhelming, like this is going to be so much more work for me. How often should you send to your list? For me, I do it once a week. I think it's often enough that people remember who I am without them feeling completely spammed. What I include in my email list is basically a recap of everything I've done that week. All the videos that went out, which I linked back to my blog posts. I send out updates on what went, what's going on with Patreon. I have a thought of the week, which a thought of the week and a art product highlight. And those can only be found on my email list. I never post that anywhere but within the email. Those two things, the thought of the week and art product highlight, just to try to give people a reason to open that because they're not going to be like, well, I saw this on Facebook already. This is the only place they're going to read those that information from me. So though I do that once a week, just kind of a recap of everything that went on that week. But I would definitely not do too much more often than that. I've seen people do twice a week and that was okay. Or artists, I should say artists, because certain companies, it makes more sense for them to post daily. But for art, anything more than twice a week, and I start thinking, eh, this is getting spammy and I don't open any of them. Right. And you don't even have to do it that often. You can do once a month if you don't have a lot more to say. And if your head just started swimming when you heard everything Lisa puts out there once a week, then you're not alone. I mean, a lot of us can't say, (laughs) can't do all of that. And so you can start out slow and you can start out just doing what you can. Once a month, though, might not be enough. If that's all you have and that's all you can say is once a month, then at least do that. If it's uh, more, I would try to do more. But I would try to do at least is, every other week because I think if you go once you a can, month, you're going, you people are going to forget you and They're they may not open you. the that's email. True. So that's you, you want to make sure you stay on their You'll their get mind. more cold subscribers whenever you do that. Yeah. But 
Don't overwhelm yourself. And don't listen, this is the thing that I think that I, I really want to press this point a lot and drive it home is that you don't want to send junk. Don't send things that you haven't looked over. Don't send things out just because you want you think you gotta send it out. Yeah. Send it because it's valuable. Send it because you think this is good information. Um, another reason why I I get people on my list, I I send things to them that I don't publish anywhere else. My second email that I send out, I have a lot of guides in there. I think I have four uh, that I send immediately. And these are high quality PDF downloads that you can print out and put in a booklet or something or paste them on your wall or whatever. These are uh, This is something that I'm treating my list well whenever I do this. And I'm proud of the things that I put out, but I'm not going to start sending every, you know, every other day or something like yeah. that because I don't like that. And you, you, you just have to think about those things as well. Well, hopefully that's enough to get you guys started in the right direction and thinking about maybe starting your email list. Listen, that's something that a lot of people have some regret over is not starting when they should have or not starting earlier than they did. So I would encourage you to just start that. As always, the show notes can be found over there at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And if you guys want to reach out to us, you can email us at podcast at sharpenedartist.com. Artist.com. On Twitter, we're at Lockery, and I'm at Sharpened Artist. And the Facebook group is over there called the Color Pencil Podcast Group. And if you haven't done this in a while, please go over and leave us an iTunes rating and or a review. We would really appreciate that. If you've already left one, did you know you can do that again? Maybe you feel like uh, you want to do that again. And <laughs> you're perfectly welcome to do that if you'd like. Please, please. So, can you do it again? You sound like you're begging. Do it again. <laughs> no, it's kind no, of funny. I'm not. You've got, we, we need to perfect your begging not, skills, though. I'm going to have to send my studio assistant over because she's the best beggar ever. She can teach you some tips. Yeah, if you have any negative comments, then you can email us (laughs) those. Email to Lisa at... (laughs) There we go. Yes. Uh, Put big, bold letters in the subject line. Make Why sure you don't make it you like so me? We open it. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you like me? Why, are <laughs> Why do you, you hate me? Was it not one of his me? titles? That was one of his titles. Why do you hate me? Uh huh. It's like oh. Yeah. It was anyway. pretty impressively. I was embarrassed for him. <laughs> we will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. The other thing to think about then with that is that uh, your uh, hold on, I just lost it. Uh, <laughs> God, you're turning was, into me. This was a good one. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Oh, oh, I know. All right, so hopefully that's some. Uh, uh, start this over. Well, good because we needed uh, outtakes. Yeah, well, plenty of those. <laughs> Screw up more. <laughs> right. I know pop-ups works. We know that work well. Grammar. I'm good. The suspense is killing me. Okay. <laughs>